when you come to West Texas, folks, saddle up. You're going to go on a wild ride. You're listening to the official podcast of the nation, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland. In a way. Yo, what is up, Red Raider Nation? And welcome to another edition of the nation's official podcast. I am TJ Kern. That is Blake Hartsfield. We are your hosts. And Blake, how you doing, my friend? It's Thanksgiving week. We've got a lot of fun uh, to talk about, a lot of food to eat this week. But first, what's what's the highest score you've ever bowled? Because the Red Raiders are going bowling. Yeah, TJ, um, doing well. Looking forward to the holiday this week, obviously, and and the big game on Friday against Texas. Um, this football team deserves a lot of credit, TJ. Uh, they have found a way here to win three games in a row against TCU at Kansas and then home to UCF. All close, competitive, tough games, but they they found a way to get the three wins they needed. Uh, they lock in uh, the second consecutive winning season in the Big 12, um, just, just, no matter what happens against Texas, which uh, Joe McGuire can can put another feather in his cap there. It's something that hadn't happened since Mike Leach, so he's done it twice in two years. Um, there's momentum around the program, but TJ, I'm still frustrated because – it just felt like some missed opportunities this year, but credit to them for uh, rallying and, and getting the six wins. Overall, I'm on your side, right? Like we've talked on this show many times. We were promised the Ferrari. We were given, you know, the Nissan Sentra. Like we were going to be two touchdowns better than last year. We were going to be a dark horse to win the big 12, yada, yada, yada. But, all things considered, from where we were and how down we've been on this football team maybe a month ago, you got to give them that credit. They right, righted the ship, and uh, here we are. We're going bowling, and now you got the Longhorns, which we'll get into here in a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, and, and to your point, and I'll let you make this uh touch on this a little bit, but you you think the extra month of practice is really the biggest benefit from going bowling. Absolutely. I, I could care less if they go play in the Independence Bowl or the Armed Forces Bowl I've seen against SMU in Fort Worth or, um, you know, one of these just not so great bowl games. I, I could care less about where they go play, TJ. What I care about is the fact that, like you said, they get the extra month of practice um, they can play some of the guys and, and in that practice, they're going to, and in the bowl game, they're going to play some more of the young guys to give them a taste of things going into next year. Baron Morton gets an extra month to, to work with the ones, uh, which by the way, TJ, we talked about this rally and, and you talked about the Ferrari versus the Honda civic. Well, when they had the right engine in the, in the offense, uh, this team went five and zero in games that Baron Morton started and didn't get knocked out of the game, like the K state game. So a lot of excitement around him and what he can be next year with another year of seasoning. But uh, yeah, the extra, the extra month of practice is what I care the most about. And we talked about that engine and that leads me to this because it did come out today or uh, yesterday this week that um, Tyler Shuck, our good friend, Tyler Shuck uh, is going to enter the transfer portal. And I, I don't think that this is a surprise to either you or myself because I think if he wants to continue to play college football, 
it's got to be somewhere else. So, well, I th- yeah, I, I think he he qualifies for the medical redshirt, right? Because he didn't play in more than four games, right? He played in Wyoming. He played in the Oregon game. He played against the FCS school, and he played against West Virginia, which he got knocked out. So I think he can qualify for a medical redshirt. Um, look, I, I'm not going to come on here and um, bash Tyler Shuck any more than I already have on this podcast. Um, I appreciate the effort that he put forth for Tech these last couple of years. I appreciate um, him giving it his all. I I didn't think ever he should have been the starting quarterback this year, but he was. He he gave it 110%. Um, TJ, with this news coming out this week, this kind of feels like he floated to the coaching staff, this medical redshirt idea and coming back and, and the fact that he's already come out and said that um, he's entering the transfer portal and a lot of guys, if they're leaving open the option, say with the option, if there was nothing about returning, um, this kind of seems like it was floated to the coaching staff and Joey McGuire and, and Zach Kitley kind of said, thanks, but no, thanks. They, they know that the future of this team is Baron Morton. I think they, um, I will die on the Hill that they gave Tyler Shuck the job because he was the senior. I don't think it was actually an open competition. Um, because what we've seen on the field, Baron Morton's just better. And I wish Tyler Shuck the best at wherever he lands, but um, Tech fans should not be too broken up over this one. You know, one of the things that I do want to say is you you kind of touched on the effort part of it, right? Like last season would not have been last season if he did not come back and regain that starting job and go and play as well as he did down the stretch. And no doubt he played really hard. And from everything that you hear uh, coming out of Lubbock, great great locker room guy, great locker room guy, great leader, um, somebody that the coaches really respect. And Joey McGuire's comments pretty much backed that up um, at his press conference when he, he kind of touched on it a little bit, but Look, the you can be the nicest guy in the world. I mean, look, I mean, you just there was not a place, especially with Morton going into um, another year with now Will Hammond coming in behind him. So it was time for Tech to turn the page. Completely agree. Like I said, I, I appreciate all the effort and um, all of the. Uh, literal blood that he spilled for the Red Raiders with the the several really bad injuries that he sustained here. Um, but, and, and I wish him the best at wherever he ends up. I couldn't have said it better myself. Blake, let's get into this football game a little bit because it was Brooks time again in the Jones. Yeah, TJ. Um, I don't know what happened, but about halfway through the season, I guess Zach Kitley either – was uh, was told to give the ball to Taj Brooks or figured out that what he had in Taj Brooks, but he gets 24 carries, 182 yards, and a score. Uh, that's 7.6 a tote there, TJ. Um, Baron Morton is efficient. Uh, I wouldn't say electric, but efficient. 21 of 35, 256 yards, two touchdowns. Um, did enough to win the game. Um, and, and this team has found a way to um, to win games, Baron Morton is five and zero as a starter. That in games that he's finished, I don't think uh, he has been the driving force behind that. I think he's done what has been asked of him. Um, as they've kind of rode Taj Brooks here, as as should have been the the, the case from the get go. Um, but Baron has made some pretty special throws that I think um, have have 
been timely for the Red Raiders to go on this run. They de- we talked about it a couple pods ago. They had the chance to go bowling if they could win these three games in a row. And remember, that's when Barron was hurt. We didn't know the um, severity of the injury. We didn't know if he'd play. And we were looking at this thing thinking it could get out of control. All of a sudden, here comes a healthy Baron Morton to steady the offense, run the game plan, get the ball to Taj Brooks, make your throws when you needed to, and they go on this nice run. So I'm I'm with you. It's not like Baron Morton has just been this gunslinger, we're going to sling it all over the yard, Pat Mahomes style. Uh, like we we think he's capable of. He's been more of a bus driver in his in his uh, sophomore season here, which is fine because he just needs the experience, in my opinion. Yeah, I think next year, uh, with that being his junior year, TJ having another coming into the whole offseason as the starter, he's going to get all the reps with the ones. He's not going to have to split reps. Um, I think Will Hammond is going to be great, but he's going to come in in redshirt. Right, this is Baron Morton's show next year. Uh, he's going to be more polished, more seasoned. You're not going to have Taj Brooks. Um, I don't know that the quote-unquote lead back is on the roster right now. I think that could be a a transfer portal target for this for this coaching staff in the offseason. But I think you're going to see more of an air raid next year uh, just because of what you're going to have at the quarterback position, at the receiver position with some of these guys coming back. And, and then you add, um, you know, Micah Hudson to this mix, who I think is going to play as a true freshman. And then TJ – this game was kind of transitioning back to this game. I think it was a um, a perfect snapshot of what you've seen under Joey McGuire. We've, we've talked about the culture of this program being changed since last year, and um, they don't quit uh, unlike previous regimes under Wells or Kingsbury or Tuberville. Um, this season, right, they had to go on the three-game run to get to a bowl game. They found a way to do it. This game against UCF, they give up the two early touchdowns to – uh, John Plumley and and that explosive UCF offense. They're down fourteen nothing. Could have easily again kind of said thrown their hands up and said, "Oh, here we go." And they find a way back into the game. They get it to fourteen all at halftime. Uh, the defense, after struggling the first quarter, holds UCF to nine points the rest of the game. Um, and, and TJ, that they they seal the win with a blocked extra point. Yeah, that is just uh, that that's desire. That's effort. Um, and, and I think that's the 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 biggest thing that that Joe McGuire can hang his hat on outside of the of of recruiting, which I think we want to touch on as well. But um, just credit to this to to the whole organization uh, from top to bottom, uh, and, and to Joe McGuire for instilling this culture that that has seemed to to continue to show its roots. And after that fourteen zero start, the defense really settled in. Um, looking at these stats, Blake, I mean. It's like they're mirror images of each other. 487 total yards for UCF, 446 for Tech. I mean, we knew UCF had some talent. Obviously, they're they're from the state of Florida, their first year in the Big 12. But I got to give them some credit, man. They they showed up in the in a tough environment and gave us everything that we could ask for. Yeah, TJ, they they're gonna and look, get used to big games against UCF if um a lot of times we've, we've talked about this opportunity in the Big 12, right? This power void that's going to be there and how all these games are going to be fun and competitive. And um, there's going to be new power brokers at, at the top of the conference. 
Tech and UCF could very easily turn into two of the best three or four programs just because of the recruiting basis, TJ. And the one thing I'll point to evidence that is is current Big 12 recruiting rankings for this coming season for for new teams, right? The the excluding Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, the number one in the conference is Texas Tech at 22 in the country. The number two in the conference is 29 UCF, uh, second in the conference. And then everybody else is 33 or lower, uh, all the way down to Houston, who's uh, Dana Holgerson's uh, at 101 out of 120-something uh, Division One schools. So um, bright future for, for Tech. I think the culture that Joe McGuire has established, coupled with the, his ability to recruit the state of Texas, um it's exciting times moving forward, I think. So you got your six wins. You never answered my bowling question, Blake. What's your what's your career high bowling? Uh, I am not a good bowler. I don't claim to be. Surprisingly, my wife is actually an excellent bowler. Our uh, our third date, um, she invited me to go out with her friends uh, to bowling and then dinner, um, which was the friend's test date, right? But, um, you know, I'm like, okay, sure. And so we show up to bowl and I'm thinking, okay, you know, I'm I just don't want to embarrass myself. I ended up bowling like a hundred and 125, 130, something like that. So not great, but I didn't embarrass myself. Right. I lost to my wife by a hundred pins. She's an excellent bowler. And, no and kidding. she beat me by a hundred pins. I'm not kidding. Wow, man. So bowling kind of runs in my family. Uh, my uncle, has bowled several perfect games. My uh, uh, cousin, his son, has bowled a couple of perfect games. Um, my mom's side of the family, like they would go to the the lanes right back in the day and and, and bowl. I remember being a kid, and um, they actually we actually took bowling as a sport in PE, and like we kept score like the old fashioned way with like pencil and paper. Uh -huh. um, yeah, that being said, when I was at Tech, I bowled a 197 one time. Wow, you're much better than me. Like I said, my uh, my wife well, is very I good mean, at it. I'm not saying that anything over 100, especially for as little as I bowl, I'll be I'm I'm cool with. But there was a time where I I, I don't know, I just got in a rhythm and I, I ended up bowling a 197. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't couldn't crack that 200 though, man. That's uh, that's impressive. Yeah, she's very good, and my father-in-law is actually bowled. I don't even know how many 300s, but he's he's got a bunch of them. They, they used to be in a bowling league, and it runs big on her side of the family as well. Well, that's good to know, man. We need, we need a, a nation podcast outing to the, to the bowling alley. That being said, let's transition. Since we are going bowling, no matter what happens this weekend, you're – you open at what? What was it? 14, 14 and a half point underdog? 14 and a half. 14 and a half. Is, yeah, 14 and a half is what it opened at. And I did jump on the Red Raiders, I think two touchdowns, even in Austin's too much. Um, look, TJ, this is the last time that Tech and Texas are going to play in the Big 12. Tech won the important one last year in Lubbock, the last time that they were going to play in Lubbock. Um, and I think a lot of Red Raiders cherish that win and are proud of that win in year one of Joey McGuire. Um, all of the pressure on Friday is on Texas. Tech has qualified for a bowl. Tech is not expected to win this game. They're not expected to be competitive in this game as opening as over an over two touchdown uh, underdog. Texas is trying to protect their conference championship bid. They're trying to uh, protect their potential backdoor playoff bid. All of the pressure is on Texas. 
Um, if I'm Joey McGuire, I pull out every stop and every trick in the book to try to win this game. You have nothing to lose whatsoever. If you try a fake punt and it doesn't work and it blows up in your, who cares? But I'm of the opinion you do everything you can to try to win this game, break out every trick play, fake onside kick, whatever it takes. Um, because again, you have no pressure and you've got absolutely nothing to lose in this game. I'm extremely excited. You know, my dad played football at Texas A&M. I, I don't know if I've ever told you this story. So we went to the Cotton Bowl in 91 or 92. I was probably six years old. And my cousin was a cheerleader for the University of Miami. This, this is actually the, the blowout that ended up making an appearance in the 30 for 30, where Miami got in so much trouble because they just whooped the crap out of Texas, right? Well, I had guys, they could have been in their 20s. They could have been in their 30s. They were just older than me, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they take my hand and they're like, here, man, like, you got to do this. And they make me do hook them. And I take hook them and I, I go to my dad and I said, Dad, what's this? And my dad used some colorful language and basically told me never to do it again. <laughs> so Friday, Thanksgiving, uh, day after Thanksgiving, I will be around with my family watching this game. And uh, I would love nothing more than to upset the Longhorns here and, and take their backdoor college playoff bid and Throw it right out the window. And I think this defense that we've got that has battled all year long is going to give them a fight. I think Tech, I'm not going to pick the game, TJ. Um, but I will say that I, I I will pick Tech to cover. I'm not going to make a final score prediction. I think Tech covers the 14 and a half. Um, and we'll see what happens. I, I think this is going to be a lot closer than people think. Um, and again, the longer tech stays in the game, the more pressure builds on Texas and, and tech goes into this with absolutely nothing whatsoever to lose. Um, I'm of the opinion that you do anything and everything to win the game. And before we get out of here, do want to remind everybody here on the nation's official podcast with TJ and Blake, the basketball team is in their holiday tournament down in the Bahamas, down in Atlantis. They take on Villanova first, and then they're guaranteed three games, Blake. Yep, they're guaranteed three games. Uh, we're finally going to get the, the first true sense for for how good this team is. Um, obviously, the scrimmage against AM, I think, has been the most uh, telling thing, uh, can, given the competition level of the first three opponents of the season. Um, supposedly, both Tech and AM took that scrimmage very seriously, but they play Villanova um at the battle for the atlantis i believe um if they win they're most likely going to play north carolina who plays i I believe northern iowa in the first game um and if they lose they're they're probably playing northern iowa but they obviously play the winners of those two games will play and the losers of those two games will play but it's a pretty good field Uh, arkansas is in this field on the other side uh obviously north carolina like i talked about um so so there's some some good ball clubs here and and this will be a fun tournament Man, I feel like Tech just cannot get away from Arkansas. Like, I mean, they're not in they're not in our conference, but we seem to run into Arkansas a lot. 
We played them in the in March Madness. We played them in a tournament, I believe. We were in the same tournament field as them in one of the big showcases last year. Um, I think we're obviously in the same tournament this year. I think next year as well in like the Maui Invitational or something. So Tech and Arkansas um, seem to be finding one another. Um, I know they've also played a bunch in baseball and in, in postseason play because they've both been good baseball programs. But um, yeah, I think, but you know, that, that, it'd be a good matchup I, that, that tournament game against them in the second round a couple years ago came down to a last second shot so oh kyler uh, kyler yeah. make the layup i know it was wide open that was a game that we were getting blown out and then we came storming back in the second half so um it was a fun game yeah and we're looking forward to more basketball here on the nation's official podcast we're looking forward to debuting some uh some post games man we haven't been able to do some post games we've got some things in the works with our friends over at the nation but before we get out of here you already said you're not gonna make a pick but i'm gonna make you pick okay and i'm not talking about football give me oh. what is on that very first plate. What's the most important food on that Thanksgiving plate, Blake Hartsfield? I think we did something similar to this last year, but the first plate's a standard plate. So you got to get the turkey, you got to get the dre- uh, the dressing, the gravy on it. Uh, mac and cheese is big at our house. We do fresh green beans as opposed to the uh, green bean casserole. So my mom just steams them. Um, deviled eggs is a must. I know that's a big one for you. You got to have the dinner roll, the yeast roll. Um, but TJ, the 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 one garnish that brings it all together is the cranberry sauce. That's what adds the the little bit of uh, sweetness to it. Uh, and I think I miss mashed potatoes. So I I get the I run the full gamut on, on the first one, um, and and then go back for the the best tasting dishes for a second plate. All right, now bonus question: What's your favorite dessert? Apple pie. Apple pie. Okay, so for me, that is American. Gotta go with my mom's banana pudding on the dessert. Okay, I mean that is just a Kern family staple, right? She uh, does a really good job with the banana pudding. That being said, I'm usually a two plate guy. The first time I go around, I go get the ham and the turkey and the mac and cheese and the green beans. I put four or five deviled eggs around the uh, brim of the plate. Got to, and then I go and we've got some green peas, some some corn. Um, you you mentioned the roll, yeah, mashed man. potatoes, yeah, y'all mashed potatoes, mashed potatoes, yep, that's yep, a, yep. A they go, they get their own like, uh, the mashed potatoes go on the main plate, but oh. the the other uh ve- vegetables, if you will, sides, uh, they I, I have a side plate, so I'm, well, you, I'm a, you, you I'm just a you double fist the plates then for for the first attack, yeah, and then okay. usually we try to eat right before kickoff or around kickoff yep. for the Cowboy game. So it's we like eat about two forty-five, and we're done at three thirty for for kickoff. Yep. So, well, I want to say happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, Blake, and uh, appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there listening in Red Raider Nation, and we will talk to you guys next time on the Nation's official podcast with TJ and Blake. Blake, how do we end these things? Wreck them. Wreck them. We'll talk to you guys soon.